This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2370, Living Frugally and Loving It, by Tynan of Tynan.com. And I'm Justin Mollick. Welcome back. I got a special bonus episode for you, which I started doing last week, picking an episode from one of the other podcasts in our network and sharing it here on Sundays because it overlaps with the themes and content we often talk about. Today's episode comes from Tynan. This is an author I regularly narrate here, but this one was shared by Diana over on Optimal Finance Daily, our second show that we launched right after this one back in 2016. Definitely follow or subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily if you enjoy this kind of content that you're about to hear. So with that, let's get right to the post along with Diana's commentary as we optimize your life. Living Frugally and Loving It by Tynan of Tynan.com. I've talked before about how important it is to live frugally. A lot of people probably brush it off because it sounds like too great of a sacrifice or not relevant to them, but I think that's a mistake. It is possible to live frugally and to love it at the same time. In general, that's a key to how I live my life. I try to figure out what the empirically correct thing for me to do is, and then I convince myself to love it. How much money you should be saving is hard to determine. It depends on your age, your earning ability, and your goals. I'll say this though, there is some way for you to save more than 50% of your income. That number is probably shocking as most millennials have a negative savings rate. I'm not saying that you will do it or even that you should, only that you can. It's worth considering poor immigrants, many of whom work minimum wage jobs and still manage to send significant amounts of money back home. Some people are doing it. You will never be frugal unless you have a good reason to be, as sacrifice requires an angle. But the problem with saving money is that you don't know what you'll want or need the money for in the future. The universal benefit of saving money, though, is that it maximizes freedom. Saving money will pop up options in the future that you can't even think about now. I think a lot about what I deserve. It's totally arbitrary because I could make the case that I deserve absolutely nothing or that I deserve everything, and I could convince myself of either. Instead, I take a middle road. When I was working on set 12 plus hours per day, I mostly ate a stew I made that cost $1 to $2 per serving. I told myself that I hadn't reached the financial goals I set for myself, so I didn't deserve to eat anything else. I wasn't totally strict with that, but it defined my overriding mindset. I was always baffled by 20-somethings that were out at clubs blowing money and partying like they had achieved something. What were they celebrating? Even if I enjoyed activities like that, I would have had a tough time justifying it. The point is, you should recalibrate to believe that you deserve very little. Not because you actually do, but because it's expedient to believe that you should suffer a little bit. Media and advertisements push the idea that you deserve everything but that's because they benefit from convincing you of that. Being frugal means that you'll be spending less money than all or most of your peers. At first, this will mean that you'll feel a little bad because they're having more fun lives than you are. To survive this, you must take pride in the fact that you are taking extraordinary steps for your future self that few people will take. Eventually, you'll hit an equilibrium where your investments provide you with income and their debts start to bog them down those trends will probably continue. In practical terms, you need to look at your biggest expenses and reduce them as much as you can without making your life too stressful. For example, if you decide to sleep in a tent 
in the park to avoid paying rent, the stress overhead of that will blunt your ability to earn more money, thus negating the benefit. I lived in an RV for many years, eight or nine, I think. In some ways, it was a sacrifice as I had to go out of my way to dump the tanks and get fresh water, but I saved more than $100,000 by doing that. For many years, I paid nothing in rent. Other times, I've paid $500 a month for a parking spot in a city where rent was $3,000 plus. You could live in an RV if the idea appeals to you. I loved it. Or you could get a roommate, live with a family member for free, or live in a much cheaper location. It blows my mind when people live paycheck to paycheck in an expensive city. In that situation, I would tell myself that I have not earned the right to be in that city yet. By living in the cheapest place possible, you're simultaneously maximizing your ability to live in a much better place in the future and acclimizing yourself to live simply. That means that you'll enjoy the better place even more in the future. If you're not willing to economize your living space, you probably aren't serious enough about living frugally that you will do so in a meaningful way. The next area I would look at is food. Eating out all the time is a real convenience, but it's much more expensive than cooking for yourself. Lentils, quinoa, veggies, greens, and a bit of protein is a really inexpensive and easy to cook meal that you can make anytime. Most of your friends will be eating out, but you can save a lot of money by cooking for yourself. And if you make a lot of money already, another option is to ditch fancy meals and just eat Chipotle or other healthy and inexpensive restaurants. Buy a Buick Regal or a minivan or some other cheap car. Don't use the excuse that you need to project a certain image. Don't finance a car. Share a car with your friend if you can. I did that for several years, far beyond when it was a financial imperative. Don't scale all of your expenses up evenly. Think about your needs, which upgrades will actually benefit you, not about what goes with what. I live in one of the cheapest condos in all of Las Vegas, but I park my Bentley out front. I still eat at Chipotle for just about every meal. Also, don't scale up expenses linearly with income. If you're making $2,000 and spend $1,000, try to stay at that $1,000 to $1,500 range when your income increases to $4,000. By the time you get to $10,000, maybe you'll still be around $2,500 to $3,000. That's a lot of savings. Be proud of being frugal. Your life is going to be very stressful if you care so much about what other people think that you're embarrassed to save money and make your future better. Anyone who criticizes you for it is probably just insecure because they're spending more than they should. You just listened to the post titled Living Frugally and Loving It by Tynan of Tynan.com. We've heard from a lot of amazing people on this podcast, but if you're like me, you wanna go deeper. So where can you go to learn from the most remarkable people? That's Masterclass. Masterclass offers unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with over 180 world-class instructors, plus every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like John Kabat-Zinn's. He's a mindfulness expert who teaches you how to incorporate meditation into your everyday life. I've loved his class, It's really helped me to hone my meditation skills, especially when I'm out and experience stressful situations and don't have the time or space to have a proper meditation session. I feel that thanks to his class, I've really been able to stay more composed no matter what's happening. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash old. 
Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash OLD, masterclass.com slash old. This post really resonated with me because I learned to enjoy my frugal habits. It helped me tap into a level of creativity and resourcefulness that I didn't even know I had. And this kind of self-imposed restriction always felt like this grand experiment to me. I've also taken the approach that if it starts to feel like deprivation, I've simply gone too far. So for example, there was a period of time that I was making my own laundry detergent. It was super cheap with only three ingredients and I would make this five gallon container that would last me close to a year. Though recently, I noticed that my homemade detergent just doesn't smell as nice as what I used to buy. So I switched back. When it comes to frugality, I find it useful to focus on the big three, housing, transportation, and food. Now that I've optimized in these areas, I don't think about them much anymore, but I still make efforts to be mindful about other spending. So before I buy something, I'll typically go through a checklist in my mind that goes something like this. First, I ask myself, is this really a need or more of a want? And if it's a want, is there a more frugal way to go about it? Maybe I own something that I could repurpose to fit this need, or maybe I could borrow something from a friend. If I absolutely need to buy something, maybe I can get it used. This mental process stops me from falling into that trap of mindless spending and it opens up some creativity in the process. And that should do it for today. Have a happy rest of your day and I will see you in the Thursday show tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.